This is Millennially Speaking, a podcast about politics, pop culture, and everything in between. I'm David Latimer, and my co-host, as always, is Sherelle Boyer. Hello. How are you? Well in yourself. I'm doing really well. So, what we're going to talk about first is a brand new initiative started by Democratic state lawmakers in New Jersey. Basically, what the idea is, is to uh, remove any presidential candidate from the New Jersey ballot that does not release their tax returns from the last five years. Um, now, this this initiative does not say anything specifically about President Trump, although it very much is pointed at Trump because the shade has been received. Oh, yeah, because he he did not release his tax returns. He's the first person in decades to do so uh, or to not do so. And there there's some question about what is this okay? Is this something that they could actually pass and potentially enact? So that would be my question to you. Is this legal? Um, no. It's so unconstitutional. It's very... Jersey is a blue state, right? Is it Jersey a blue state? Oh, as blue as they come. Exactly. So Jersey's a blue state. Our state Senate president is Democrat. Our governor is Democrat. They don't like Trump. So, like we said, this was all shade all tea, all offense. Um, they can try to hide it without putting his name in it, but we all know what it is. And at the end of the day, I am not a Trump supporter, but I do think that this is a great example of voter suppression. So, I mean, we're kind of hurting ourselves here. Jersey is, for it to be such a progressive state, this is one of our downfalls. Oh, yeah. And and one of the things that New Jersey Republicans are pointing out is that there's some hypocrisy to this. Um, because New Jersey does not require state lawmakers or the governor to release their tax returns. Right. So it's one of those things where, like, put your money where your mouth is or, or put up or shut up. Like, you can't just make these kinds of things up. Sure, states can make up whatever they want in terms of their voting laws, but this is another one of those instances where you're attempting to fix one problem and then you're creating another by having more voter suppression, which is a big problem. And it doesn't matter who you're suppressing, it you cannot suppress the vote and exactly. and a lot of people are are mad about that because democrats know for a fact if this was a law made by the republicans coming at us we would be gunning for them so it's it just comes down to just not being fair it's very unconstitutional this is taking away the rights of voters and as someone who's very liberal and is not a trump supporter at all I do have to disagree with my fellow Democrats on this. It's wrong. And it, it kind of seems unnecessary, too, right? Because Trump lost in this state anyway back in the 2016 election. Like, mm -hmm. obviously, we went for Hillary Clinton. So it almost feels like they're just doing this out of principle rather than any kind of actual, oh, this would, would cause any kind of real change or maybe it'll force him to release his tax returns. He's not going to release his tax returns because he's not on the ballot in New Jersey. I was about to say, he's not thinking about one of the smallest states in the country. No. If and, we were Texas and we said this, it'd be a different story. Well, and, and it's almost guaranteed that a Republican is going to lose. In this state. In this state. Yeah, there's no way. It would be like in the current modern era expecting Trump to somehow win California. Like, mm. it's not happening. It's too liberal. It's exactly. They're going to get the Democrat vote, at least for the time being, for the foreseeable future. They have it. Like, there is not a shot that a Republican's going to win out there. This is true, but I also do have this theory as someone myself, once again, that is in politics. 
let's call it like it is, Democrats in the state of New Jersey, we're not doing too well. And I don't think we're doing as bad as Christie, but Christie did have some good points that he didn't um, execute well, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, Democrats, we're just not, we're not moving the way that we should be, you know? And unfortunately, this does come down to our governor. And... Which is surprising because when he was elected, he was actually kind of popular. And now his rating. Oh, my gosh. His approval ratings are awful. Oh, yeah. And that's surprising because people, I think, were sick and tired of the Republicans in mm-hmm. New Jersey. And then they got what they wanted. And now, now they're still unhappy. Now we have unhappy. a governor that doesn't know how to be a governor. Yeah. Let's, I mean, it's sad. And I was definitely a huge supporter of his. I voted for him in everything. And and one of the state senators, a Republican state senator, uh, Joseph Penichio, mm-hmm. um, he said that the measure quote, sends a message that states can tamper with the ballot in any way that pleases the majority party politically. And that's extremely true. That's very true. And that also goes to what people have been saying about, love to tie this in, the national emergency. Uh, People are mad that should the national emergency be approved and, and funding go towards the border wall because of it, now people fear that moving forward, the Democrats will then declare a national emergency for anything they want, like climate change or whatever they deem as the most you know critical thing right now that maybe it's not super pressing or on the surface doesn't look super pressing but they can do what they want they're going to use the power that's been given to them because of precedent and this is scary to think that after this presidency are people going to be petty now like are democrats going to be petty towards republicans and vice versa Mm -hmm. and it's, it's weird i think that trump's presidency did put us in a different, it put politics in a different light. Well, yeah, because for the last several years, the Overton window has shifted, mm-hmm. meaning that basically the the most extreme things get put out there. Right. And when we say absolutely no to the extremes, it makes anything less extreme than that seem plausible. Right. So because that Overton window has shifted so far, now these things that used to be unthinkable are starting to seem more Logical, realistic. And right. that's crazy to think. It's, I mean, this that is... And, well, the, the fact that anyone thought that a voter suppression thing like this could even be, you know, possible. done is crazy. That It's just, when I first heard about this bill, I looked at it as the other bills that I see, like that people try to get passed. You know, people try to do bills to just, you know, just stupid things. And this was like one of those things where I was like, this is, it's whatever. Then it passed. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is, I mean, I'm understanding for people being petty, but when it comes down to it, politics is politics. And this is childish behavior. Very, very unconstitutional. Well, and the the good thing is, is so far, it's not a sure thing. Right. Um, the, the state Senate approved it and it passed along party lines, as I'm sure you can imagine. Right. Um, we don't know, though, if it's going to go to a vote in the state assembly, uh, if it's even going to get to a vote or if it would have the votes. But it's a real possibility that it could end up there. So I don't think it'll pass, though. Uh, I mean, maybe now that it's getting more attention, maybe people will start to see it in another way and see it as voter suppression. One of the things that Democrats really dislike is voter suppression. Exactly. So if they want to, you know, not be hypocritical, maybe they will avoid this. But we'll see. Mm, I feel attacked. What I'd like to talk about next are weird food combinations, things that, I mean, I uh, probably wouldn't admit to eating, or if you do admit, it's it's pretty odd. So I, I pulled up a list here of some things that people found to be good, even though they sound weird. Uh, a few of them, ketchup and pizza, 
I'm I, terrified. No, I can I can imagine that. Like the wrong tomato. No, but kids put ketchup on everything, so I can imagine adults doing that too. Mm, I'm disappointed. Um, oh, cottage cheese and mayonnaise. I oh. might die. Oh my god! What do you even get out of that? Like, what is good about that? That is the epitome of just you not knowing how to eat food. And mayonnaise. Coca Cola and red wine. That actually mm, sounds as good. As someone that likes wine, I would try that. That actually sounds really, really that's good. Not, yeah, that's not too bad. Uh, do you have a few? I do, actually. This one's a little weird. Honey on pizza? No, what? It's, yeah, no. Ew, no, really that's not. that's too sweet. <laughs> I like the idea of having some kind of contrast of flavor and let something, you know, mm. change. Because, like, if you have the real salty pepperoni and cheese, you have something to balance that, mm. which is which is what people make the argument about pineapple on pizza. There's a... That's disgusting. I'm, I'm not saying I support it. I'm not saying I support it. I'm just saying that is the argument that they make is that that is a really nice flavor contrast. Oh, that's awful. What ready for my next one? So this one's really popular among pregnant women. And I'm only saying this because my mom ate this when she was pregnant with me. Mm-hmm. Pickles and ice cream. Mm-hmm. That, see, that just no. seems like... Um... It seems like you need attention. No offense, yeah, mom. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> oh. Shout out to Shanine. I- we love you. <laughs> um, so here's one. Cold pizza dipped in soda. Um, I'm, a, I'm guilty. Uh, you you want to say that again? <laughs> I'm guilty. Arrest guil- me. Ew. Okay, listen. Why? Listen, what, is, listen. what is good about that? Not cold pizza. Pizza fresh out. Hot pizza, right? My cousins and I used to do this. Pizza and get a glass of Pepsi and you fold the can it, pizza. Can it be Coca-Cola? Mm, do what you want. <laughs> Anyhow, preferably Pepsi. Uh, you take the pizza, fold it, put it in a cup of Pepsi and you eat it. Ew. I know. That's why I was a fat kid. <laughs> that's disgusting. I know. It's so good. No, it's oh. I would eat it today if I didn't if I didn't know there was consequences behind it. Yeah, like being a weirdo. <laughs> oh my god. Or getting a pimple. What else? You got um, some? Um I do. <laughs> Peanut butter and onion sandwiches. Ew. Now see, I've never had that. Well, you are not uh, defending no, 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 this. No, 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 no. I've never had that, but I'm not, like, I'd be willing to try it, just to know. Oh, sweetie, are you okay? No, I love onion, and I like okay? I like the salty peanuts, so, like, peanut butter, like, again, I've never had it, but I'd be open to it. And when you try this, I want to be here for your reaction. Okay, there will be pictures, I promise. <laughs> oh, all right, shoot me, go. Uh, oh, mayo and grape jelly sandwich? I... No. <laughs> like what? Uh, there's too many of these <gasps> things where you put like mayo with something else. I mean, I'm I'm a mayo fan and I'm a grape jelly fan together. Mm. Oh, mm, no. I feel like we're going to have to try some of these, though. Oh, no. I will literally throw up. So so those are some weird food combos that I found online. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your personal weird food combinations? I know we, we revealed a few of them already, <laughs> but uh, what's what's one of yours? I, first of all, this is a judgment-free zone. Absolutely. Go ahead. Absolutely. So one of my weird foods that I like, I cut up, you go to the deli, you get like a big like dill pickle and you cut it up. You put Parmesan cheese, chili pepper, onion powder, uh, garlic powder, salt, pepper. This is real. 
You mix all of them together. I swear it looks like Frankenstein throw up, but it's the best thing on the planet. Please try it and at me. What would you even call that? I call it Frankenstein's throw up with a pickle. Oh, <laughs> I mean, th- that doesn't make me interested in it, but. Yo, no, you're going to try it. Well, well, the the ingredients of it don't sound terrible. Mm-hmm. They, I may actually be you interested like, in that. You like that just sauce. is kind of, that's a very weird thing. Honestly, anything with pickle is kind of like a weird food combo. I feel attacked. Uh Okay. Mm, what's Feel yours? attacked. So mine mine came from childhood. Um, in oh. my Boy Scout troop, my dad used to do, um, this was his little secret recipe. He used to do apple cobblers in a Dutch oven. And right as he was getting to the end, you know, it's got the pie filling, it's got a crust, it's got cinnamon and all that good stuff in there. But as a final added ingredient on top. He's about to ruin it. He would melt cheddar cheese on it. Oh, my. You what happened to, to the that. judgment free zone, my dear? Oh, my God. Uh, listen, it. That's bad. It's it's weird. It sounds weird, but it is a good. It's a cheesy uh, saltiness uh, to the uh, top of it that the inside is super sweet. There's contrast there. Like you said, judgment free zone. Do you boo boo? Lastly, as a lover of TV, I am saddened. Why? I'm sad because we are shifting as a society to only streaming television online. And I kind of wanted to see how many people actually do that, primarily stream their shows online. So, So I put it out to my friends on Facebook and I asked... How do you most often watch your favorite TV shows? And the two options I gave for the poll were live on cable or broadcast and streaming online. I got 48 votes and I had 83% say streaming online and only 17% live on cable or broadcast. Because online is so convenient. Oh, I know. I get that. And, And don't get me wrong. I do watch shows on streaming. Right. I am saddened by this because uh, there's really no show besides, say, something like the Super Bowl, like a big sporting event, mm-hmm. or something big political, like the State of the Union. Right. Where we all gather around the TV, like oh. the whole country, and we sit and we watch it, and then the next day we can talk about what we saw. Because mostly nowadays I get people will say, oh, did you see this show? No. Did you see this show? No. If oh, yeah, I heard about Netflix, it. No, I wanted to watch it, but I didn't see it. If it ain't on Netflix, I ain't about it. Well, yeah. So <laughs> so you actually, what's interesting is you don't have cable or, or even a connection to like NBC, CBS, right? No, everything that I do, I do, like I did have an option for it, but everything that I do is through my laptop or on my cell phone. Yeah, so you're, what do you have subscriptions to? Do you have Netflix or? I have Netflix. I have Hulu. I have, well, I listen to NPR. CNN is very easy. I mean, I get all my news and also, like, I'm into politics, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always around it. Um, there's just no need for TV anymore. When I was younger, it was like, I remember, co- like, my grandpa would see us watching TV, and he's like, isn't there something you should be doing? You know what I mean? Like, I always looked at TV as just being lazy, or you watch TV when that's your downtime. The reason I'm sad is because I remember a time when maybe 10 years ago or so um, we'd be out on a Wednesday night or a Thursday night and we'd be talking to somebody and we say, ooh, 
sorry, we have to go. American Idol results show is on. So we have to get home and watch. And I miss that. I miss that communal feeling of being able to like, we all agree like, no, you're right. We all have to get home because there's this show on that we all need to sit down and watch when it airs. Otherwise you are left out. Nowadays, the conversation, it's gone. The, The conversation revolving around television as a communal device is gone. You're right. Uh, and I had one of the, the people that commented on my post, uh, they actually said TV is dead, in my opinion. Ooh, that was aggressive. So, well, <laughs> so do you, is TV dead? TV is dead. My TV is, I have a flat screen, brand new, currently sitting in my closet. Why? Because I don't need it. I know if I go, if I want to watch something that bad, I will go to the gym or I'll be where I am and I can listen to it or watch it from my cell phone. Why would I want to sit and limit myself and my options to a TV? And I'm not going to lie, like, I'm guilty of this too because of how convenient it is. Right. So, like, I do watch things that are, they they air normally on the normal networks, you know, NBC, CBS, things like that. But I watch them when they air next day on Hulu because it's so convenient. Can I also add, though, like this bothered me so much as a kid before there was. um, Wow, this makes us sound old. But before you could rewind on like a TV show when Mm -hmm. you had like DVR, I would get so frustrated because I'd run to the bathroom and I'd come back and I'd be like, what did I miss? And then like your family's in there and they're describing it to you. But they're also like, shut up. We're trying to watch it, too. Mm -hmm. So then or I'm you, like, or you come back from the show and you're running and hopping over couches to get back. And exactly. And then A, you have to wait till it's on demand or B, it's just like you have to wait till it airs on TV again. Mm-hmm. And then it's like you can't even fast forward to that part. I mean, I'm hurting your feelings. I'm sorry. I, a little. Man, well, I know. Well, and what's what's crazy is that now here we are 2019, maybe 10 years ago. There is no way you could live within the ecosystem of Netflix or Hulu because, I mean, they had shows like they they did purchase the rights to shows and they were streaming some shows. Right. But there's just no way. Nowadays, there's so many just Netflix original shows. They're so good. Yeah. And people are able to just watch through them. I mean, you you can't even count. How many Netflix original shows and movies and comedy specials and different things are out? Back in 2012, there was maybe only like five. I remember in 2012 watching Netflix and I would just watch like a movie or I'd start to watch a show and my TV's right there and I'm like, wow, like just because I'm watching Netflix, I feel so disconnected because I'm like, everyone's watching TV, TV's where the news is, like any channel is something different. And then Netflix is just that silence. And then mm. you searching for like a show or something. So then I felt like I was like, wow, like this is not the move. I never thought I would be that person on my phone or on my laptop. And now I'm like, TV, it's still in my closet. Anyone want to buy a TV? <laughs> <laughs> and like, I do still purposefully sit down and turn on the television and, and like, I will have TV playing like background uh, noise. Right? Yeah. Well, like I'll have... I listen to morning shows like I'll have the Today Show on. Um, I'll have the local news on. Um, but when I want to sit down and watch like a show, most of the time I'm guilty. I end up moving over to Hulu or Netflix. And it's convenient. And it's yeah. what you want. Yeah. It's, you don't have to go through any commercials. You don't have to go through like any advertisements before you hit 
mm-hmm. what you want. You're not restricted by time slots because mm-hmm. here in America, every show starts on the hour or the half hour. There's it's not so a annoying. yeah. You gotta wait if you you know, miss the first two minutes. Well, you miss the first two minutes. And the first two minutes are so important. Yeah, I mean, I I understand the convenience and I understand how great it is that we can just put on whatever we want whenever. But I still miss that community feeling. Oh, I'm sorry, Pop Pop. Welcome to 2019. So my microassessment for the week has to do with the uh, ruling about the military draft. Now, we haven't had to use the military draft in decades. Um, Last time we used it was back in Vietnam. Oh, could you imagine me getting drafted? Oh, my gosh. Well, that might be a possibility now because in... Texas, a federal judge in Texas ruled uh, that a males only draft violates the equal protections provision of the U.S. Constitution. So therefore, a male only draft is unconstitutional. Now, it doesn't say that now it's going to require females to register for a potential draft. We have plenty of strong, capable women in the military. Right. And we have plenty of not capable men who are not in the military. So... I would hope we wouldn't ever have to do a draft ever again because uh, yeah. our voluntary service is so robust. But, I mean, it's going to have to be this. I think this is the the best way to move forward is to make the draft be for both men and women. I mean... Oh, but having a draft with men is just so convenient. Gives this woman a break. Oh, well, yeah, I'm sure it does. <laughs> but, I mean, when you're put into these kind of situations, that's that's one of the, the things that you... As an American citizen, you have to understand is part of it. Like, That's true. It's, it's, I mean, I am not qualified to be in the military. I would not want to be in the military, just me personally, because that's not a direction I would want to go in. Right. But I understand that as a male not in school between the ages of 18 and 25, I am on that list. No. So if we were to ever have a military draft, I would be on the list. So what is your micro-assessment? R. Kelly. Hmm. It's it's so embarrassing. So R. Kelly, he did turn himself in to jail. I'm not sure if you saw Lifetime did a it was a documentary series on just women that were coming out and saying that they were victims of being young and having sexual intercourse with R. Kelly. Mm-hmm. R. Kelly is a huge R&B singer. I mean, everyone listens to his music. And his music is very sexual, but it was kind of that thing where it's just so popular. You're just singing it and the beat is good. So you're Mm -hmm. just like, oh, okay. I mean, yeah, I don't know what that is, but I'm going to jam to it. Well, that's one of those things that I was hearing is that this was sort of like an open secret that like he was into underage girls and nobody did anything about it for years. Exactly. And it's I mean, isn't it kind of weird that this man who graduated high school years ago, he's 28 years old. Hanging outside of high schools. I oh, know it's no. very weird. That's like Roy Moore. <laughs> exactly. He's not a teacher. He's just a fame. He's a famous singer too. At the time, he was famous. He was on his rise in the '90s, hanging outside of a high school, sleeping with 16-year-olds. And the part that frustrated me so much, when, like while watching this documentary, was that so many older women like older R&B singer women that like I listen to my mom listens to we're like you know I knew something was up but you know she just seems like so willing 
Well, she's a kid and she's mm-hmm. around a star. So obviously. Well, yeah, because that's when you're the most vulnerable is when you're young like that. So people will fall into those kind of traps because, oh, it's a celebrity and I feel safe. And it's it's a shame. It's disgusting. Mm-hmm. So R. Kelly, who was now 47, he turned himself into the Chicago jail and he, at first, his bail was posted at a million dollars, in which he, mm. they were saying he wasn't able to afford it. So he did have a friend post his bail. Um, I mean, what do you think about this whole thing? I think it's a shame that it took so long, because um, like I said, it is an open secret. It was one of those things that like people just openly talked about. They kind of knew it was a thing. It's the same thing with um, Harvey Weinstein. It right. was It was something in the the hollywood community that everyone kind of knew it was like you know I'm tired of this understood like, exactly like you don't you don't hang around harvey weinstein if you're a woman like alone you wouldn't do that um or you know he's a little handsy or he gets a little aggressive right. with women like that's not something that we should just accept as okay like and, just, and i think that's, that's just this, how he is yeah, no. well exactly like, and that's what? this reckoning of this me too movement say what you want about the me too movement and, and what it stands for but there are real conversations that are being had about things that are like, this was an open secret and it never should have been. It should have been, if it's a thing, we squash it. I mean, he married a 14 year old. And that was Aaliyah, right? It was and, Aaliyah. And that, had to be, that had to be annulled because that was not legal. Illegal, exactly. And the worst part about it was his manager was there for the wedding. And he says mm-hmm. in the documentary, he said, that was the saddest bride I've ever seen in my life. Every great dream begins with a dreamer. Always remember... You have within you the strength, the patience, and the passion to reach for the stars to change the world. Harriet Tubman. And that's all for this edition of Millennially Speaking. I'm David Latimer. And I'm Cheryl Boyer. You can find us on Instagram at millennially underscore speaking. And send us your comments or questions to millenniallyspeaking at gmail.com. That's M-I-L-L-E-N-N-I-A-L-L-Y speaking at gmail.com. We may even put some on the air. We'll be back next week.